good evening, and welcome to tonight's episode of the podcast Fall Asleep 2. I'm your host, Jimmy Cho. I'm here to talk about things that are unimportant and uninteresting until you take this train to Sleepy Town. Tonight I want to talk about someone who actually is important and interesting, but I'll talk about him in a boring way if I can. Talking about the man, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee means a lot to a lot of people. I wasn't aware of the effect of some of the effects that he's had on my life until much later. He reshaped what people thought of Asian men, at least Western ideas of Asian men. He reshaped what it meant to be the star of an action movie. Not just for Asian men, but for any non-white man. Probably not for women. I don't think Bruce Lee... I can't recall any women being the action stars in his movies. But I don't think that was uh, intentional. I don't know, I never really considered that before this moment when I was trying to think of how to phrase the non-white man thing I said earlier. Would have been nice. Would have been nice if you know, he was like around at a different time. Like imagine seeing Bruce Lee in like something with like Michelle Yeoh or Zhang Zihi. Or with Charlie Theron and Fury Road. I know that he would, if he were alive today, he'd be like super old. Like, why would he be in that movie if he was alive? But still, it's a nice thought. Anyway, Bruce Lee, I think, is an important figure in just the world, world history, and I wanted to talk about him today. So I just looked up some stuff on Wikipedia, and most of this I sort of knew probably from... I've probably deep dove into Bruce Lee on Wikipedia at some point before in my life. And then there's just other things that you hear about, and anyway, I didn't really check any of these facts, but the general ideas that were found on Wikipedia 
don't at me. I'm not citing my sources that well. Or I didn't research this or anything. I'm just talking, so. Uh, Bruce Lee is, um, was a uh, mixed ethnicity. His mother was uh, generally, generally believed that his mother was part white. There's a term that I would use to describe him, but I've apparently it's a little problematic. Um, I have not known it to be, but apparently it is. So I'll just say what the term is. That's HAPA, H-A-P-A. And I was introduced to that term as something to mean a person of mixed ethnicity. Um, but I found that apparently there's some controversy. I guess the term originally comes from Hawaiian, the Hawaiian language, and it means half, like half and half mix. Um, but oh, now I feel so insensitive. I was looking this up last week because I meant to record it last week, and life just sort of caught up with me, and I didn't take very good notes. But apparently, there's some. Uh, There's some disagreement over how the term should be used. So I'm not going to use it to describe Bruce or anyone else. Um, I'm just given what I can remember of the definitions of it. But uh, anyway, I just found that while I was looking on, diving into that Wikipedia, so... Um, there's also, uh, it says that Bruce uh, might have been given the name Bruce by the uh, doctor at the hospital. Which I think is funny, because that's sort of what happened to me. And, uh, so uh, Bruce's father was an opera performer, and he was on a tour. They were from Hong Kong. This was uh, British Hong Kong. And Bruce was born, and this was like during World War II. And he was born in America, I believe in San Francisco, um, because that's where his father was on tour. Hong Kong was attacked and uh, occupied by Japan and many people who were out of the country or whatever Hong Kong would have been considered at this time. Many people stayed out rather than go back under Japanese occupation, but Bruce's father took him back and uh, took the family back and they lived under Japanese occupation for like over three years, I guess. And growing up in Hong Kong, Bruce uh, got in the occasional street fight with some of the street gangs around, and his parents decided he should learn martial arts to defend himself. And his father trained him in martial arts 
style that I don't know how to pronounce. I'm not going to try, but I believe it is a kind of kung fu-based martial art, I believe. I don't have my Wikipedia page open, just my notes. So I'm hoping I'm remembering that right. And Bruce learned Wing Chun from Ip Man. Uh, there's some great martial arts movies about Ip Man. I think they're just called Ip Man, Ip Man 2, Ip Man 3. Um, I think Donnie Yen plays Ip Man in those movies. They're really good. I watched the first two with my brother and then... I don't think we ever watched the third one together. Maybe we'll maybe I'll see if he wants to watch it next time we're in the same town. And apparently there was uh, some uh, racism going around, like it does. And uh, some of Ip Man's other students did not like that Bruce was mixed ethnicity. And they didn't want to train with him, so I guess he trained with Ip Man privately for a while. He also trained in boxing in high school and apparently knocked out the champion and consequently became the champion. And he's still gotten a lot of street fights, so in the late 50s he was sent to America for a safer life, and I believe he originally lived with his sister in San Francisco before relocating to Seattle to go to college, where he would meet his wife. She was not his wife when they met. That would be very peculiar. But he met a woman named Linda, and they decided sometime after that that they wanted to marry each other, and they did. And they had two children together. So he was teaching his own kung fu in the U.S., and uh, apparently... He dropped out of college and uh, moved to Oakland in the 60s. Opened up a studio there, was teaching his martial arts. But it was in Long Beach where he uh, got a lot of attention. There was the Long Beach Karate Championships. Long Beach International Karate Championships. He did the two-finger push-up, the one-inch punch, the unstoppable punch. He uh, just demonstrated some of his stuff and got a lot of attention. Because in case you're unfamiliar, Bruce Lee is uh, pretty remarkable, especially with martial arts. Now, there was the fight in Oakland. Um, 
There's differing accounts. Uh, It's said that there was a teacher who didn't like that Bruce would teach uh, white people or just non-Asians. You know, that racism. Um, And so they were fighting. uh, Bruce was fighting basically to shut them up and so that he would teach whoever he wanted and agreed to stop teaching. If he lost, the person, the other person in the fight has uh, denied this and said that it was just a friendly little sparring. And uh, But, uh, you know, whatever the truth is, I think we can say that Bruce won the uh, cultural battle. And Bruce's style that he would develop was called Jeet Kune Do. And I've heard that um, Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is uh, that's uh, his style, it's Jeet Kune Do. Jeet Kune Do, which I think uh, probably embodies... Bruce's idea of being like water and it's not as restricted by traditional technique. He used other methods, um, just, you know, practical stuff and street fighting and worked on, you know, flexibility and strength, weight training, fencing, his boxing history, that sort of stuff was all part of his practice. And he was a health food nut, too. He liked health food. High-protein stuff. And uh, thanks to his uh, father, who was in the entertainment industry, the opera performer, Bruce was acting since childhood in some Hong Kong movies. I think he had a role even when he was a baby. And after the Long Beach karate thing, he was invited to audition for a pilot. That did not air, but he did, uh, after that, uh, land the role of Cato in The Green Hornet. And he was acting and doing martial arts and fight choreography and stuff. And uh, he went back to Hong Kong at one point and realized that the Green Hornet, which only lasted a season, was huge, huge in Hong Kong. But a lot of the people there just called it the Kato Show because uh, seeing an Asian guy playing a prominent role as one of the heroes in a Hollywood TV show was not a thing at the time before Bruce. As far as I know, I was not around, so I can't, uh, can't say what it was like from my own experience, but I can't say that for entertainment of the time, the only thing I'm aware of that meets those criteria is the Green Hornet. So he made movies in Hong Kong. Eventually he was able to write, direct, star in The Way of the Dragon, where he brought his uh, colleague Chuck Norris, whom he had met at the Long Beach Karate thing, 
gave him a great uh, a great role, a great fight scene, and helped him uh, break into the industry. He was shooting the movie uh, Game of Death when in Hong Kong he was shooting that when there was a joint, I think Warner Brothers, I don't know, but it was definitely a Hollywood-Hong Kong joint venture, Enter the Dragon. So he put Game of Death on hold so he could do this Hollywood picture because he knew how important it would be. And uh, he planned to go back and finish Game of Death, I believe. But uh, after shooting Game of Dra- Ga- after shooting Enter the Dragon, tragically, Bruce Lee met an early, untimely, devastating demise. There are different accounts for what exactly happened. It seems likely that a part of it was a cerebral edema. Possibly uh, compounded by a reaction to uh, a bad reaction to a painkiller he had taken for a headache. He had had cerebral edema before, I think like two months before the uh, fatal one, so. It's not entirely known, but uh, tragically he passed and. Uh, his wife, Linda, had his remains uh, taken to Seattle, so or to somewhere in Washington. I don't know if it's in Seattle exactly or just somewhere around there. But Bruce did a lot for entertainment. He did a lot for... Asian men for people of color. I'd say he did a lot for the world. Bruce Lee. The, uh... Well. He did some stuff. He was good. That's gonna be tonight's episode. Thank you for listening. Feel free to leave a five-star rating, a nice review on whatever you're listening to this on. Follow the Instagram at podcast fall asleep to. For weekly pictures of, usually it's either producer Melvin or producer Moose, sometimes both, sometimes other stuff, but usually one of them. Producer Melvin's been next to me this whole time. Producer Moose is producing from the bed in the other room like he's often doing. And you can email at podcastfallsleep2 at gmail.com if you want to say hello or if you have something you want to hear on the show. I take suggestions there. Sometimes I do them. If you want to make sure I do, donate at podcastfallsleep2.com. Any donation comes with a sponsorship opportunity uh, if you want it. So you can tell me something you want to do and as long as it's not offensive, wouldn't get me in trouble legally and wouldn't just inherently be bad for most people trying to sleep, I'll do my best. No refunds. Thanks again for listening. Hope you've ridden this train to Sleepy Town. And I hope that uh, 
you can think fondly of Bruce Lee. Until next week, I'm Jimmy Joe. Sweet dreams.